Hi, and welcome back to Second Chance Cinema with MC Bro. I'm Rudy, your review reader. I'll be reading the review for Buffaloed. Buffaloed Review at Debt's Door. Zoe Deutsch's pell-mell performance gives this debt collection comedy the energy it needs. By Jeanette Katsolis. A bouncy version of the old show tune, You Gotta Have Heart, introduces Tanya Wexler's Buffaloed and its incorrigible heroine, Peg Doll, Zoe Deutsch, a woman in constant agitated motion. We meet her charging towards a showdown with her nemesis, Wiz, a marvelously sleazy Jai Courtney, her possession of a heart still to be determined. What she does have, though, is a mouth. Often she uses it to insult Buffalo's football team, its chicken cartilage delicacies, and its stagnating economy. An inveterate and gifted small-time hustler, Peg dreams of an Ivy League education and financial freedom. A stretch in jail for forgery scarcely dims her ambition, and when she's hounded by debt collectors and learns that delinquent debt is Buffalo's main industry, she persuades Wiz to give her a desk in his scummy collection agency. Of course, she's a natural. Simultaneously rowdy and slick, Buffaloed is exuberantly paced and entirely dependent on Deutsch's moxie and pell-mell performance. Brian Sakaz's script is zippingly entertaining as Peg starts her own shop and hires a misfit crew of money grabbers whose success ignites an interagency war. At this point, the movie's focus on pitch-black, blue-collar comedy is diffused by a hectic series of escalating attacks and reprisals. But Guy Godfrey's cinematography remains bright and breezy, and the supporting actors, especially Judy Greer as Peg's worn-out single mother, never misses a beat. Reminiscent of the big short, Peg's snappy direct-to-camera lessons on the collections industry present debtors as eternally fruitful marks. Unlike the earlier movie, though, Buffaloed isn't particularly outraged. It's just grateful that Peg and her talents have finally found a home. And now, here is MC and Spro to talk about Buffalo. Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. I promise that'll all make sense momentarily. Until then, welcome to Second Chance Cinema. I am one of your hosts, MC. With me, as always, my dear friend, my co-host, Spro. Spro, how are you? I'm good. I wonder how many people are like, wait a minute, did I miss like the intro? Or did they just skip right to the poetry? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Um, I just thought that if there was ever a time to bring forth the knowledge of the fact that an entire eight-word sentence that is grammatically correct exists using only the word buffalo, now would be the time. I can get into the whole grammar of it. Maybe we'll wait until the end. We'll close up with that. We'll bring things full circle. But I thought it would be appropriate now because the movie that we're talking about is, of course, called... Buffaloed. Buffaloed, that's right. And as a matter of fact, in the I think right before the title cards, they give the sort of the recipe for that nonsense sentence that I just 
spit by listing the different definitions of buffalo, that being a city in New York, the North American bison, an animal, and the verb, kind of the lesser known definition of the word buffalo, which means to bully. Keep that in your mind. Put that in your brain pocket, and we'll come back to that later. But what we really need to do is welcome you here to another episode of Second Chance Cinema, where we're going to talk about a hidden gem that has gone under the radar that I had no idea existed until my dear friend Spro decided to throw it up as a recommendation and I said, let's do it. And I watched it and I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Before we get into the Wheel of Poetry, Spro, why this movie? Well, we started Second Chance in a moment with Boiler Room, right? And to me, this had a certain, you know, je ne sais quoi, like kind of feel to it uh, of the similar elk. Like so, had- so, so fucking pretentious what you just said there. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, which is funny because it just means I don't know what. <laughs> as soon as I watched the film, because I really like Zoe Deutsch. She is the daughter of Leah Thompson, right? Back to the Future of Howard, fame. Howard the Duck. Caroline in the City. Uh, um, Dennis, Dennis the Menace. Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> I win. I win. But I really like her. And so I saw a little trailer on Hulu for this film. And I was like, all right, let me check it out. Because she also did another movie called Flower, and I like that as well. And then started watching this film, and as soon as they get to the call center, or what is it called in like the boiler room? Oh, it was called a boiler room, wasn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like as soon as they get to the call center, I was like, oh my gosh, this this reminds me of one of our favorite films, right? Um, so I merely took note that this might be a second chance cinema film. And as it went on, it's very smart. It's a very smart script when it comes to the predatory habits of debt collectors and everything. I felt like I learned a lot from it. And so using how entertaining it was and how informational it was, I was like, yes, let's talk about this. All right. I enjoyed it. I mean, it definitely reminded me of Boiler Room, which we certainly have a soft spot for. And it was kind of a... Like it hit a little different. I've never, you know, been a shady stockbroker. I'm trying to think of other kind of boiler room-ish movies. I've never run a corrupt hedge fund, but I have been in debt. And so this movie kind of got me sort of on a, a more accessible level to sort of feel for this girl you know, not necessarily champion every sh- everything she did or, or or cheerlead too much, but like, yeah, I get it. I don't hate this. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a Wolf of Wall Street thing where like there's nothing redeemable about this at all. It was kind of like, uh, she she's got a point. All right. So before we get into our discussion about the movie, we are going to go ahead and spin our wheel of poetry. And on our wheel of poetry, which is our longest standing second chance cinema tradition, we have six different types of poems that once we land on one we have to compose in relation to the movie. Those types of poetry are haiku, ABAB poem, limerick, song parody, toast slash roast, or acrostic, okay? And um, as we compose our brilliant literary masterpieces, we will play the trailer for uh, this movie, Buffaloed. I almost, I keep wanting to call it Buffaloed because I have a friend who, he he and his his buddies used to take a trip every year to Buffalo and they would call it Buffaloed. And like all they did was go to just like bars and strip malls. It's not like, let's go to Vegas. Let's go to the, you know, let's go to Planet Hollywood or fancy clubs. It was like, no, we're going to Buffalo to go to bars and strip malls. And I I think there's something beautiful about that. So let's go ahead and spin the wheel of poetry and we'll see where we land.
Okay, so we've landed on acrostic. I don't remember the last time we did an acrostic, but an acrostic poem, we take a word, usually a word that relates to the movie, and then we have to write sort of like sentences or phrases that begin with each letter of that word. If I was going to do one for Spro, for example, I would say sweet, um, pal, <laughs> reliable, and outstanding. <laughs> Those are Thank just you, words. Buddy. Those are just words, but but getting me to put a whole across it together without like you know for freestyling, I think that was pretty good. I, I probably I don't know if I would have made it through the first round at the shelter against Papa Doc or whatever, but you know. All right, so we're gonna play the trailer for Buffaloed. What year did this come out? This came out in 2020. 2020. So many many years ago, like Peppermint. Here's the trailer for Buffaloed. Who wants to talk about money? me, Peg Doll. The maroon suit in your shoes may not tell you this, but I'm a hustler. Anyone need any tickets? I wouldn't screw you over. I'm a Bills fan. Ma'am. I'm making lots of friends in here. I'm gonna break your tiny little ass in two. That's not that bad. Oh my god! What? You got it! We can't pay for this. I want to stop trying not to be poor and start trying to get rich. What's the difference between a hooker and a debt collector? I like this joke. A hooker takes your money before screwing you. <laughs> I get it. Are you a debt collector? Like relieving people with the burden of debt. Listen up, ass bags. Got a new number one. There's an amazing feeling you get when you find your true calling. Clearing your debt will decrease your stress which will absolutely increase your milk supply. It was time to become my own boss. Always thinking bigger. Bigger. We were breaking it in. Hallelujah. Cash advice, sister. They're shaking in their boots because they know we're the best, and we're going to put them out of business. This is war. What do you think it's time to settle down? Not in my two decades on this earth have I ever seen like a settling type. You're stressed. Gosh, if it had to be war, I was going to win it. No threats, no intimidation. Are you trying to go back to prison? Tell me about this little angel. Oh, it came out on Valentine's Day. Awesome. <laughs> um, I was really, I tried to do Buffaloed and I struggled with the BU. And so <clears throat> I then did a smaller word and I actually really like my acrostic. I did a smaller word too. I wonder if we both did the same word. Do you want to say it on three? Okay. Ready? What word did you do on one, two, three? Debt. Debt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, you go first. All right. I got depression inducing. Everybody buys their way into financial slavery. Wow. That was deep. <laughs> Mine, mine's, mine's a little more pop punk. This could probably be like an Avril Lavigne lyric or verse. Debt, which I had to think about is spelled D-E-B-T, just <laughs> in case anyone's following along. All right. Douches and dollars. Everyone hates them both. Burn it all to the ground. <laughs> I like it. All These right. These are good ones. They're yeah, good not ones. bad. Not bad. You know so, what's weird about the word debt is it looks like it's shorter for something else. It does. You're is right. It? I believe it's a root 
word. Hold on. I believe debt, because you think of like indebted and then indentured. Hold on. The origin is Latin for debere, which of means Of course to it owe. is. Yeah, okay. Which um, evolved to debetum which is something owed. So it's kind of a, sh- a sh- it's a, sh- it's a, it's a, it's a shorter version of a word that we've never, ever used. <laughs> yeah. And then it got to middle English where it was debt with it, which is D E T T E. And then the French English and now Latin is debt with the D E B T. That is a, re- I don't know what that's called when you make like a really good nonsense point. It's like one of those words, you know what it is? It's one of those words where like you hear it or see it so much that it's normal until one time you see it and you're like, that word's weird. Like you hear it and see it and read it. And then all of a sudden for one one reason or another, it seems weird. There's a word for that. It's called, um, <laughs> no, there's really a word for that. It's called semantic satiation where you see a word. It sounds like that- two words. It's a term I meant. There's a term for that. Uh, Semantic satiation where you see a word that you're familiar with and for some reason it looks weird. And I think it's because like your brain has a limit until like you can start up again recognizing that word as being that word. I don't know. We're talking about a lot right now. I know. I was saying, well, this is going down the wormhole of that, like seeing a lady right now who brought to my attention, she's like, tell me how fast I'm going without using time or distance. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, tell me my speed without time or distance. I was like, but speed is time and distance. Oh, you could, I mean, are you allowed to say like turtle, rocket? (laughs) Oh, maybe. That's right. You didn't come up with that? No, I, you know, if she was the Riddler, I didn't get in the door. Like, it's just. (laughs) (laughs) Turtle, rocket, senior citizen, Walmart shopper on a scooter. Like, there are different degrees of speed that you can articulate, I think. When we're done, we can stay on, have a little parking lot chat. Maybe I can help you come up with some. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, yeah, yeah. buffaloed. So, we begin with our hero. This is another one of those movies that kind of starts in like the, not the middle, but toward the end and then backtracks. And we start with our hero, Peg, who I never really got her age. I assume she's like 20s, right? No. Because the whole thing starts she, with no, no, her like not. trying to get into college. Oh, right, right, right. So, in the beginning of the movie, she's older, right? But we flash back then the whole conversation about debt starts when she receives an acceptance letter to college and basically says, I can never afford, we can never afford that. To which her mom counters by saying stuff like loans and scholarships or whatever. But right away, you are sort of introduced to the world inside her mind where like that's not even an option. She sees it as kind of like cash or nothing. Well, she's always been like financially smart. Like one of the opening lines that I really like because she's a hustler, right? So she's like right. selling smokes by the dollar and stuff oh, like right, that. Oh, right, right, yeah. And then she's putting it in a wooden box and I'm like, why don't you just put it in the bank? And she says something like 3% interest is not worth 30% in taxes. And it's like, oh, Jesus. That's really, that's really <laughs> smart. Do you remember any hustlers like that from school? I do. Not cigarettes, but gum. Like when you could buy Bubblicious gum and it would come in the big bar, but there were like six of them individually wrapped in there. There was a kid, I forget his name, wouldn't say it if I remembered it probably, but um, would like buy those and then sell the little bricks for like 50 cents each. What grade? Um, this was early. This was like third or fourth grade. Then there was a kid who- I was oh, say in high school, we had a lawn care kid that like- Speaking, of, speaking of the lawn care kid- <laughs> He paid me for like two years to do his homework, which was awesome. <laughs> but also, one of the scams that this that Peg, I don't know if we can talk about this that Peg <laughs> Peg runs in the in the movie is counterfeiting Buffalo Bills football tickets. Mm-hmm. So 
I learned in a conversation with a friend from high school about a year ago that the person we're speaking of- Lawn care kid? Uh, and, and my homework benefactor, yes, <laughs> um, did the exact same thing with Stanley Cup tickets. <laughs> so Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> So did they get busted? Yes, I don't know the <laughs> I don't know the consequences or anything much more beyond that. I just remember that happened. I was <laughs> I was clued in. I uh, googled it because it was very curious, and sure enough, this exact same kid that we both did not plan on speaking about tonight um, <laughs> somehow came full circle here. There's another word for that too. When it's like it's a phrase where it's called morphic resonance. So it's like when. If there are two islands of monkeys, say, there's a theory that says that at the same point or roughly the same point, they'll both figure out how to use tools independently of each other. Like it's like a theory of like evolution where they both somehow like through the generations figure out things at the same time, despite being completely isolated from one another. So that was kind of like what we had going on just now. This is a super smart episode. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, this is mind bending. Um, so she, she scams her way to, um, into jail basically by scamming Buffalo Bills ticket. You okay, lady? Huh? You okay? Oh, so sweet. Yeah, I'm all right. I just, I think my friend flaked. I'm not really sure why, because these are the best seats ever. Like 50 yard line, seven rows up. 50 yard line? Yeah, 50 yard line. I'll take him. You will? You sure? That'll do. Yeah, just give me that. Anyone need any tickets? No, you look look good in that wig. No, you you look amazing. The bills, you know, you guys are just the best. Oh my god, I just found two tickets on the floor. Two tickets, two tickets, two tickets. Do you need a ticket? <laughs> See you later. All right, okay. 200, 200. You know what? I just I can't do that. Tim you said your name's Tim. You just gotta trust me here. I wouldn't screw you over. I'm a Bills fan. Okay, sure. I counterfeited Bills ticks, but it was for a bigger cause higher education. Higher education is the key to financial freedom, ma'am. Your scam is desecrating the sacred ground of our Buffalo Bills. No, it's not. I wanted to, I want to, I'm not sure what the time frame of this movie was. Was this supposed to be like present day or was this a little bit older, like Well, 2000? the movie came out in 2020. They probably right. filmed it in 2018. And 2018 right now being five years ago feels kind of like 10. <laughs> so, Because my question was like, how long ago were there paper tickets? And how long ago were there paper tickets that you could- Are there no paper tickets anymore? No. Oh, and oh no, not for. I have paper tickets for the theater. The- oh, theater maybe, but like sporting events, um, Jurassic World Live, no paper tickets. Um, right. You think it might be, I think COVID did like a huge deal on that. Oh, I'm one, sure. So. But even when there I- were paper tickets, like if I go back, and I'm not talking about like, like Gundarina, you know, seeing bands for $20 a ticket when they were just like those little. Ticketmaster printout tickets that were like blue, different color blue. Like they started putting like holograms on tickets and like barcodes and stuff like that. So right away I was kind of like, how did she like that's that's what made me question what era or what year, <laughs> what era? Yeah, this was in the the Roaring Twenties. <laughs> um, what year this was? Because uh, 
I wonder how easy it would be to counterfeit a ticket. I would counter- throw in 2015 is okay. like, would mean, be my best guess. I don't suppose there's a right or wrong answer. I've counterfeited tickets before, but they were tickets what? to... They were tickets to wrestling shows. You probably had some of them. I probably gave some I mean, of them to you. Oh, they worked. So oh, yeah. Were they, they really totally counterfeit? <laughs> well, no, I mean, they totally worked. I got yelled at for it, but it was by, it was in high school by another high school kid. So, like, what was going to happen? <laughs> but she got in a little more trouble. She went to jail, where upon being released from jail, she fell in with this debt collector. And I can't remember his name. Wiz? Before that... You get the scene where Sal calls her up and she has that same like Giovanni Rubisa like, is that your sales pitch, Sal? Which is my probably like the most closest boiler room scene in Buffaloed that I thought. And so she's like, and then that that's when Sal says, you know, how much he's making as a debt collector, you know, and she's like, wait a minute, you just lost $2,500 before I even picked up the phone because you undercut the, the debt mm-hmm. and, you know, using her financial um, intelligence in order to kind of figure out what will become the rest of the movie of her making bank by collecting debt. Right. It benefited me to kind of like pause and realize how debt collecting works because it seems like if it wasn't so shitty, it seems like a good hustle because basically what the debt collectors do is you have a debt that's not worth a great deal of money, like to to a bank, okay, like $25,000. That's like a drop in the bucket for a bank. That's mice nuts for a bank. So the bank apparently sells these loans to debt collectors and then the debt collectors are able to just try and collect as much of the debt as they can. And they sell it to you by like knocking $1,000 off. Like if you pay right now, we'll knock $1,000 off your debt. We'll set you free for less than you owe. And like, that's, it doesn't seem right. You know, like it, it doesn't, it does not seem right the way they do it. And they make it especially sleazy in his, I guess what would be Wiz's boiler room. Like Wiz is the king. He's like the king dick douche of, of, of the debt collecting world in Buffalo. He's exactly what you picture, you know, slick suit, slick back hair, douchey goatee, rings, all that kind of stuff. And um, he has his little like honeycomb of little mini douches who work for him trying to collect debt. And um, the way they set it up obviously makes it seem like a seedy, not great, corrupt kind of thing. But I wonder, are all debt collectors like that? I don't. So you said you were like, I was in debt in 2008. I was in debt for $42,000 on like credit cards and stuff like that. And I remember- What did you buy? Nothing. So what happened was it was a perfect storm, right? Let's get into this. That, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I was running a theater company at the time called Fourth Wall Productions in Cleveland. And I was the managing director. I had an artistic director that was writing a lot of checks that we were not going to be covering or whatnot. So I was also the statutory agent. So all financial responsibility fell on me. And so when the company went down, I inherited all that debt. At the exact same time, my family business, which was a paper potato bag manufacturing company that I thought I was going to take over, also closed down. So I lost my paycheck. At the same time, I had my own debt that was just kind of incurring because you know, you you signed up for a Discover card on OU College Campus because you got a free T-shirt, right? And then yeah. nobody teaches you about credit cards. <laughs> like, so, so I have all this debt going on, and I probably even had like a Columbia House account still going on, like, for, like free <laughs> CDs. But like, 
So I had all this debt. And that's when I started doing this three job lifestyle that I have where I started unloading trucks at Target at 3.30 a.m. I opened up the school at 6.30 a.m. I then went back to open up uh, or prep at a restaurant, went back to close the school because I worked for a before and after school program. And then I went back and closed the restaurant at midnight, got up, did it all again the next day, 3.30 a.m., unloading trucks at Target. So I was working like 120-hour weeks to pay off everything, minimum wage jobs and whatnot. And the collectors would call and I could would just turn, like put the phone on and put it on like the school cafeteria tables as I'm helping kids with homework with an earpiece and just listen to this guy being like, this guy is, he's, he's going to ignore me. And he, you know, he look at the, he's a loser and like, he's got all this debt and like, just really? like bashing the shit out of me. Really? Like helping kids with their homework. Yeah. Like just evil, evil sons of bitches. So this, so wow. So that's how it happens. Yeah. So credit where credit is due if you do get into debt, what they tell you is, and you lose your job or whatnot, like they tell you, contact all your creditors and just say, like, here's the situation. It's about to suck. I'm about to not be able to pay anything. Like, what can we do? The only people that really responded and was like, we're going to help you out is Target. And the Target red card, I had like a Visa Visa card. And they were like, they're like, we understand your situation. So this is what we can do. Don't pay us for three months you know, like try to pay off everybody else. And then we're going to like drop your APR to 4.99% and set you up on a payment plan where we're just going to deduct it right from your bank account. We're going to put a stoppage on the card and you'll be paid off in like 12 months or something like that. So I still have a target red card because I was like, that was like the most extraordinary shit that any creditor could do for me. Right. And so props to target. Yeah, that's uh, target's awesome. Like (laughs) sometimes I've, I've, I've literally gone into target just to kind of like be in target because <laughs> like <laughs> you know like there's a vibe all right well let's talk about buffaloed some more so she gets into this racket and then quickly like again like boiler room like wall street becomes like the wunderkind of his debt collecting empire just rockets her status way up she well before she started she she owed i forget how much it was like fifty thousand dollars or something and she said if i can make if I can become your number one collector within a month, you erase my debt. And and the guy was like, sure, I'll take that bet. And she did. And then did he kick her out, like renege on the, the promise? No, this is where he's like, you're good. Like, we're going to start giving you even like bigger accounts and whatnot. And oh, they right, give her right, right. The woman with the dementia. Right. They gave her the one with dementia. She closes this lady with dementia, which was actually really sad, like mm-hmm. just kind of it's- weird. She She goes to this lady's house who's like five hours away somewhere here in Ohio, brings her cupcakes, sits down and is about to chat with her about her husband's passing and the debt transfer and all that. And then like halfway into the conversation, the old lady's like, oh, who are you? Are you like, are you, I forget, are you my daughter? You brought cupcakes. And it's clear that right. like she's there to take advantage of this old lady, like like zero to 60. And then what happens is she ends up closing the old lady for a bunch of money. And then Wiz shorts her on her commission and only gives her like $2,000 or something. So, then she realizes that she has to kind of step out on her own and 
do her own thing. And that's where we get into the meat of the movie. And she ends up recruiting this like, it was almost like uh, Armageddon at the beginning of Armageddon when he's like going over, well, we're going to need Rockhound because he's the best geologist we ever saw or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, she ends up recruiting this prostitute she met in jail. There was another woman she met in jail who was like red from Shawshank Redemption. Like she could get people stuff. Who, who are the other ones? A guy who tried to hand her a flyer for a restaurant, I think. And he she made him like pitch to her and he did a good job. So she hired him. And then there was a, there was a woman who owned a dry cleaner. And then there was a guy who came in straight up like, have you heard about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? (laughs) And the cool thing about it was like she used, it was like they each had a superpower. Like she used the prostitute to prey on guys. She would get cutesy on the phone with them and get them to lower their guard or whatever. The guy who came in talking about Jesus would call people up and, you know, would just lay into like, well, the Lord would not want you to be in debt. That's a sin, all this kind of stuff. (laughs) And I thought that was really interesting. I mean, that was like a, like, that was like a legit management victory. People's strengths are doing you, are doing a good job for what your goal is. Well, it also shows that like, there's so many different kinds of hustle, right? Like, and everybody has their own hustle. You also had the people that would, you know, like fake an accent in order to get their way because, you know, (laughs) it might behoove them to pretend to be an immigrant more so than a third generation American, like the guy with the the Hindi accent, you know, and he's like, it's like my, my mother has a saying and it's, you know, what he says in Hindi is like, get off the toilet. Where are the toilets or something like that? Yeah. (laughs) But then he can like, he can, he can use that foreign language to make it seem like he is just being the most insightful Buddhist son of a bitch. Cause he, (laughs) yeah, right. He preys on these like, ignorant people who think that he, because he's, you know, well-spoken and stuff, they think he's like some like Oracle or something like that. So they're like, <laughs> yeah, we'll buy whatever you're selling, dude. And yeah. So- Which is pretty much just their debt. Yeah. So Wiz and Peg are kind of like neck and neck and Wiz realizes that like she's taking a chunk out of his business. She also goes after Wiz's right hand, Sal, and he's the guy who actually I think negotiated like the terms of buying the debts from the banks. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So he was he was kind of like the He held the paper. Held the paper was the term. So he was kind of like the first, you know, he was like the preview night. Um, who got to see the movie before everybody else, except he got to collect the debts, buy the debts, examine the debts before everyone else. And she tried to get him to sell those debts to her or to work with her. Like there's a whole kind of back and forth tit for tat thing where she starts to realize that like, even though they're doing really well, the startup costs and all that of of running this business, you know, she's going to be short for like, I think it was the first month or the second month or something, but she took them all to a Buffalo Bills game, got a suite, all that kind of stuff to make everybody believe in her, which was like, honestly, that was, that was, that that's like a solid move. Like, like employee morale and yeah you know. yeah you know she was trying to like to curry favor and she did until the <laughs> Wiz's goons sort of like trap her in the women's bathroom slip her a note that was just gross and then dump blood on her which i thought was kind of extreme to be honest <laughs> like well the I note don't... says women collect menstrual blood not debt
you want to go get cleaned up? Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. I paid for this box. Fuck if they take it away from us. Bitches collect menstrual blood. Does this idiot really think we collect blood? If anything, we expel blood. Well, I hate to state the obvious, but if they know where you are, then they know where you aren't. Yeah, that was all our profits. All that work for nothing. You screwed us, Peg. I quit. No, I'll get it back. How? I'll get it back. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, no. Matthew 538. No, no, hell no. Violence will only land us in jail. We need to be smarter. It's a bad time. Shit. <laughs> what? What the hell happened? Ow! God damn it! Hey, shit, Peg. Fuck it. Peg. Oh, you having your monthly? Get out of my brother's bar. Well... As it turns out, not only do I have your debt, but I got your mom's. What are you talking about? Good-natured bro put his bar up as collateral against her refi, so... What? Now it's mine. Perfectly legal. JJ? Can he do yes, that? Yes, he can do that. Why would you do that? Why would you... Why can he do that? Why can he do that? Good luck buying paper, too. Mitch won't sell you no more. Nobody will. Not even the Cheektawagan Korchakowskis. Uh, you're blacklisted. Hey, Chief. How about you pour some crown, huh? JJ's going nowhere. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I don't know. Should I just torch the place for the insurance money? You tell me. What am I supposed to do, Peg? Crown all around. Bye-bye, baby. Um, but even like, so like the puzzling moment is over really quickly because her her mate says, um, "Well, if they know where you are, they know where you aren't." Right. And that's and then she's like, that dawns on her like, "Oh, we just left our complete office open," and goes back and just sees the whole place trashed. Oop! Sorry, my phone just started talking. <laughs> so then <clears throat> we forgot to introduce the the fact that toward the beginning of the movie she is in court. And I don't know why, but I laughed pretty hard at the judge's fascination with buffalo wings. Like, I don't think I, I think I knew buffalo wings were like tied to buffalo, but I don't think I'd thought about it until I saw this movie again, where everyone in the movie is obsessed with buffalo wings. Um, I think not to be an idiot, like, but I was an idiot. I think it, it wasn't until college that I realized that buffalo wings were chicken wings. Because you watched that show with Jessica Simpson? Where she talked about was, that. Is that it? Like, I just, like, I never really thought, like, oh, buffaloes, buffalo or bison. What's that? Bison what's and What's a buffalo? bison versus buffalo? I think it's it's sort of like a cougar and a puma and a mountain lion. Like, they're the same name for the same animal. And a yak. <laughs> yak Yaks are different. Yaks are different. But like a Yeti and a Sasquatch. Gotcha. Okay. Um, like, I didn't think that they had little wings or whatnot, but I don't think like I was like, <laughs> these are, this is a chicken thing, you know, like. <laughs> no. So. Because I, I just accept terms for what they are. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So, that, that literally um, blew my mind just now that you did not know that until <laughs> college. Because I remember in college, it was that stupid show with Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey where it was like a whole episode where she, just like you, <laughs> did not know that that buffalo wings did not come from buffalo. And and <laughs> and it was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. If you know, you know. I guess it's one of those things. Maybe you can find think- the clip. I eat buffalo. <laughs> buffalo, idiot. <laughs> Huh? Why are they called buffalo wings? Baby, because... And play it. In college, <clears throat> we lived right across the street from a 
Buffalo Wild Wings. We sure did. I, I think I was staring at the sign and being like, Buffaloes don't have wings. <laughs> Yeah, the, did you ever did you, logo. did you ever see any actual buffalo being like herded through the back of Buffalo Wild Wings and not coming <laughs> no. out? I don't think so. Um, but the other You don't really think that cow pies are are pies made by cows, do you? No. And other things like that? What are cow pies? They're shit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Made by cows, right? Horse apples, gorilla <laughs> gor- gorilla biscuits, all those things. Yeah. Gorilla bread is delicious. Um the uh no, the what was I gonna say? Oh, the other thing that was pointed out in this film one, this point this film is very Buffalo centric. Like everything about it is Buffalo, which I really enjoyed because for football season, everything like that, I tell people I support the Great Lakes teams. I support Detroit, Cleveland, Buffalo. There's something about like our three cities that just get trashed on pretty dirty buffalo is probably the cleanest out of the three of us and most successful i would say but like these three cities share a lot in common and so like when everything about the film was buffalo 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 i was like i could kind of see that because we're very cleveland centric in cleveland and Mm. detroit is i don't know too much about detroit but that was also one of the critiques of the film where they're like it just seemed like there was a whole lot of buffalo pride in this film and it's like yeah, I mean, if you're from a little city, like not in New York, like just because it's Buffalo doesn't mean they can't have pride in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's I I have I didn't read any of the critiques, so I'm, I'll be interested to discuss that. But also the thing that we're forgetting is that lesser known definition of the word Buffalo, which is to bully or intimidate. And that's what this movie's all about. It just happens to be like, I don't know whether it was the the writer's decision to set it in Buffalo and then he kind of, he or she, was it a, who wrote this movie? Brian Saka. So then whether- Who's really an actor and like just wrote this movie. So you don't, you don't know, or at least I, I, I assume we don't know whether he said it in Buffalo and then stumbled upon the definition or if it was the reverse, like, oh, Buffalo means to bully. It's also a city. Hmm, maybe I can work those together. Also, what a stupid thing to get upset about for a critic. God. I'm pretty sure Brian Saka played Sal. Oh, really? Yeah. Then that's even better because he just takes the piss out of himself throughout the whole movie. <laughs> like he's 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 presented as this just like fat slob. Um, gets arrested wearing like a thong at the end, always gets shit on. I think he gets beat up too, right? Like at the beginning yeah. of the movie. Yeah. That's, that's the one funny. thing. The one thing I wanted to point out, which I forgot about is, and this movie reminded me of Tencent Wing Night. Like it used to be super cheap to get chicken wings back in oh, our yeah. day. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, now, like now, chicken wings are like shrimp cocktail. So where it's full like, dis- oh, we get four. Full disclosure: I'm currently I'm currently working on a story for a client about how to make crispy chicken wings, and I've learned so much after reaching out to like chefs and food experts and even like food scientists. Like I've learned so much. I made a batch today. They were fucking awesome. Can Just you share that, or you can't. I mean, it's not a secret. Like, like I've I've been experimenting with different ways of drying them out. First of all, like um, coating them in salt, or like I did three batches. I coated one in salt, and then one in baking powder, and then one in a mixture of salt, baking powder, and garlic salt. And then you put them in the refrigerator, dry them out in the refrigerator and then just cook them really hot for a long time. And like they came out super, super good. And that's that's really the secret is just drying them out so that when you cook them, they don't, um, the moisture doesn't like retain that like 
sliminess that you sometimes get, you know? So I've, I've, I've still got some work to do. I've got some different breading options that I'm going to try and, and, and go from there. But are you um, cooking them in oil or air fryer? No, uh, we have a convection oven, so that's an oven. So air fryer, basically, um, but it's an oven that like has fans on like the top and the sides to circulate the hot air. So it's the same concept as an air fryer. The other thing too I learned is you you have to cook them on a rack, not like a baking sheet, because the air won't circulate properly to all parts of the wing. You know, like you have to have that open air kind of thing. It's really been interesting, and <laughs> it it fits neatly with the movie we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> because There's so much facts going on here. I know. So back to the movie. What happens, of course, is that the lifestyle kind of catches up with her. And it's not so much, I guess the lifestyle is wrong because it's not like she's going out and buying fancy cars and fancy clothes and stuff like that. She's really just kind of like, you. she said at one point, we need to fill up what was it, like 10 piggy banks is what she called her, those wooden boxes. And then yeah. we'll be out. And I never got the feeling that that like like it wasn't like a Gordon Gecko thing. Like I f- I believed her when she was like, I just need to you know I need to erase this debt, and then I'm not going to try and be flashy or over the top or greedy or whatever. But eventually, what happens is she gets pinched, and well, and Wiz takes over her brother's bar is the right. other thing. Oh right, he was able to get her debt, and that was like to me that was like the scariest thing because I don't know a whole lot of people that don't have a debt. And so you think like if people can control our lives through debt, that's scary. Like if somebody's just like, oh, I need to fuck with this person in somehow, some way, I, I'm just going to buy their debt and then I have complete control over what's going on with them, you know? That really just bummed me out the way you just said that because I didn't, I didn't think of it like that. But you're right. The brother was awesome. He was um, Patrick from Schitt's Creek. Yeah. And, um <laughs> Like he was the, not the voice of reason, but like the sympathetic character, I guess. And yeah, she ends up kind of fucking him over because Wiz wants to um, get revenge. So he ends up leveraging her debt against her brother's bar. Because they have a great relationship. Peg and JJ is the brother's name. JJ, yep. And they like, they tussle at the beginning and he was like, he gets angry because she hits him in the face and she says something like, sorry today. I don't remember that. I just remember she like said she wasn't going to hit him in the balls, but then she did. And it was kind of funny. That's actually a good introduction to the one character we haven't talked about, the lawyer. Who, correct me if I'm wrong, was his name Mr. Feeney? Graham. It was Feeney. Graham Feeney. Feeney. So the lawyers. Okay. So good. So the whole time. So the whole time I'm kind of in, in the back of my, the cobwebs in my mind, I'm imagining Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World every time they say this guy's name. But that was kind of an interesting relationship because the lawyer prosecuted her at the beginning of the movie, sent her to jail. Then when she got out, he happened to be in the brother's bar when they started tussling, he thought it was like a spousal dispute um, or something like that and called the cops and that's how they kind of reconnected and meet. It wasn't a meet cute. It was a meet court. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> right? Nice. How did you two meet? Hmm? Graham prosecuted my case. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. What? You did! Yeah. yeah I did. Oh, I'm so stupid. You are. No, no, no. You are no, so stupid. I'm so sorry. Of course sorry. you no. did. It's okay. like, I remember even. now. You were uh, no, sucking up to the judge. You were. You were a little. No, I wasn't. But that makes you smart. But to be fair, Peg was already released when we um, uh, mm. 
squished your sweet meat. Wow. Jesus Christ, I'm going. I gotta go. Talk to you later. Hey, no, no, no. Always take Sit it your tush far. down in that. Take it way too far. Sit your tush down in that chair. I made a casserole. Come on. Please don't do that again. I'm sorry. I do have a real question for you, though. Do you approve of what she does for a living? Hmm. I don't need his approval. He's the law. I think you do. But I'm not breaking laws. Mm -hmm. You're not doing good either. You hurt people. That's what you think I do. <laughs> I collect from people who knowingly spent money that they don't have. I just don't want anyone to get hurt. Especially I'm not hurting you. anyone, and that's what you don't understand, and you don't understand. Lawyer man, mm -hmm. weigh in. I am not at liberty to discuss ongoing investigations. What do you mean? Oh, well, that doesn't sound so good. I will say this, though. My grandfather had a large medical bill that was sent to collections, and the agency took his house on a default judgment. They didn't even tell him the day of the trial, so he had no way of fighting back. Judgment came down, bam, he's living on the street. By the time we could gather everything to counter suit, he died. All for what? Pennies on a dollar. So by the end of the movie, she's kind of realizing that she can't keep can't keep this up. What she does is, I thought this was, I don't know how realistic this was, but I thought it was pretty brilliant. She gets all of the debt collectors in the area, and there's like five different, it was kind of like, they played it up sort of like, like you know, crime families. There was like the, the fruit belt debt collectors and it was like, it was like, it was like the warriors. Like there was like the newsies debt collectors and the baseball furies debt collectors, whatever she gets them all. The Niagara. To, the, yeah. She gets, she gets them all to come to the restaurant and proposes all uniting together as like one giant, Megazord of debt collecting, one just like giant Voltron of, of debt collecting. She gets them all kind of like riled up and then starts commending them on shady shit she knows that they've done. Like she's like, hey, Bill, how much did you overcharge that lady for? And he like looks around, he's like, eh, $50,000. And they all cheer him on. And it just keeps escalating and escalating. And well, one of them is like, dude, didn't you threaten somebody with a sniper outside of his? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and, and I, at the time I was like, yeah, right. Okay. But after hearing your story about them calling you and, and, and like, you know, laying into you. Well, one person was like, yeah, I slashed the guy's tire. And so then he had to go fix the tires and he went into more debt and I just collected on him again. Eventually she gets everybody kind of like to confess, including Wiz, which of course, then the reveal is that she was wired or was working as an informant. She wasn't wired. Oh, it was the Buffalo head on the wall that was wired that was covered in maggots cool. it was yeah, this disgusting like taxidermied buffalo mount was wired with like a microphone up its nose and the whole time the fbi and everybody's listening in and so she cops a, a deal to serve prison time but a lenient sentence in front of the same judge i think who loved the buffalo wings um mm -hmm. and uh puts all of them away and the interesting thing was that while she had them all at the bar, like while she knew where they were, she also knew where they weren't. And at that time, the FBI was raiding all their offices, taking all of their, you know, shady paperwork and, and evidence and stuff like that. Now, my favorite part of the movie is at the end when she goes to the lawyer's office and her and the lawyer kind of have an off again, on again thing. There's a lot of like, you know, the lawyer doesn't believe in her integrity and she thinks the lawyer is a hypocrite and stuff like that. But he has a bunch of evidence too, which includes debt records for... 
I forget if they said how many thousand or how many people, but it was a lot. And she goes to the office when she knows he's not there, somehow like weasels the secretary out, like makes the secretary think she forgot to go pick up lunch or chicken dinner, parm. Yeah. Chicken parm. Then she dumps all of the records of debt into a couple trash cans and lights them on fire in the movie erasing debt from all those people. Now, realistically, I don't think your debt goes away if you just burn a couple pieces of paper. Symbolically, though, that was fucking awesome. If we try to think of like what era this movie is in. Right. Maybe not the computer era, right? Like trying to remember if any of the characters had like, yeah, because he had a cell phone. He was working on a laptop in the bar, the lawyer. He had a cell phone. He had yeah. a laptop. So it, this this had to be a fairly recent setting. That was a very vindicating scene. And it, it, it always makes me wonder, like all of these guys who will go and like hack Ashley Madison and and reveal all the cheating husbands in the world and all that stuff. Like, why can you not just go in and just wipe out the debt? Like, come on, guys. If you're listening, well, that's- if you're one of the listeners, if you if you guys are, happen to be the listeners in Norway, that would be pretty awesome. I don't know yeah. what these, you know, computer ninjas, like what their MO is. It seems to be messing with people. I mean, Ashley Madison, that was pretty hilarious. So, you know, if 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 they were to literally do what she figuratively figuratively did with the trash can and the matches and the bottle of Crown Royal, I think it was. <laughs> I mean, I would not be upset. And I mentioned Norway because I said if any of you guys in Norway are listening to us and you happen to be good at this stuff, you know, hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always wondered like when Edward <laughs> Snowden came out and was like, you know, they they just put a word in their search engine and they can like get anybody's conversation that is happening, you know, and like it, they could get into all your computer cameras and stuff like that. And I was like, if our government can do this, why does child pornography still exist on the internet? Like, <laughs> can't we like just stop all the pornographers that you know are sexually exploiting people and children and whatnot and and just can't we make a law like sign off as a citizens and be like yeah we kind of want to get rid of the pedophilia that is out there I took everything. Oh, don't pretend like you're gonna shoot me. We both know you care way too much about money to go back to jail. You're right. <laughs> you're right, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm not gonna shoot you. <laughs> but I will kick your fucking ass, okay? That hurt, that hurt you piece of fucking shit. So anyway, the 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 ending of this movie is kind of um, I thought it, this was kind of like a tongue in cheek wink when she says that she's getting out of the debt collecting game. She decides that she's going to go be a hedge fund manager. That's kind of like a nod to like the Jordan Belfort and the, you know, Bernie Madoff and all that stuff. Just just like that's an even bigger hustle. But it's like a it's the white collar hustle. It's like the, you know, the high class hustle. But essentially, it's the same sort of shady shit that we were exposed to throughout this whole movie. Well, shady and somewhat legal. You know, like most of everything about this movie was legal, except for the fact that they were going to uh, people that 
couldn't remember that they paid their debt once. And so they're going back and back and back. And, and that was like the major thing. It was really the, the old lady was the Harry Renard where it's like, it's that one victim that keeps rearing their ugly head. And even like getting in between Peg and Feeney's relationship, you know, mm-hmm. because he finds the deck, her debt collecting bib or whatever. Bip. There was a movie that came out. It was a Netflix movie called, it was like, I care very much or I care. I care a lot. lot. I care a lot. Did you see that? Yep. So same idea where I forget the actress's name, the gone girl or gone, gone baby. Rosamund Pike. Yes. Gone girl or gone baby gone. Gone girl. Gone girl. She plays kind of a similar character. She's much more like, like alpha and much more businesswoman. Um, But she preys on senior citizens who are, in hospice care or Alzheimer's dementia and essentially gets them to like, from what I under, from what I gather, she like got them to put her in their will. Like it wasn't the senior citizens that was signing off. It was like the, the County or whatever, because she was able to oh, that's say right. Like, that's right. This she, person does not have their wherewithal with them. I'm going right, to take yeah. over. And then they're so able she, to do estate sales and everything. Right. So she became, that's right. Yes. Yes. So she, she, so they became wards of the state. And she represented that yeah. controlling interest. Okay, that makes yeah. Okay, I got it. There's so many different ways to fuck over people in this. Country. <laughs> <laughs> and you think and, of like and- all the scams. Like I live in a very old little village by the bay um, here in Cleveland. Nice. Nobody's going to get that. <laughs> Nobody's going to figure that out. Nice. And really the police blotter is just, you know, this person got scammed. This person got scammed. This person got scammed. And it's like, have you when ever you been, get older, I, you get a little more trusting. I think. I mean, it's the, it's the whole Nigerian Prince yeah. me- meme thing. Like from, you know, when we were, that was probably around when we were in college. Have you ever been scammed like that? Just by Columbia house. <laughs> <laughs> I never got into Columbia House. I did get scammed on Craigslist once, and this is totally on me. It was for a laptop. It was something like, okay, yeah, send us a deposit and we'll we'll ship it out to you. We're legit. Dumb old me. And this was <laughs> this is like five years ago. <laughs> like this wasn't me as a dumb kid. Like this this was just me. Like <laughs> I feel like it was right when I moved back to Ohio. You know, I was like had stars in my eyes, rose colored glasses. Like oh, the world is good again. I can trust people. And then yeah, I ended up like I'm West- in the heart of it all. <laughs> I ended up like Western Unioning like. 500 bucks to Canada and got scammed. (laughs) I did get scammed. So I got scammed twice. Now that we're talking about the first one was just uh, very hopeful. It was the beginning of COVID. Everybody was buying kayaks. I couldn't find one to save my life. And there was this ministry in like Southern Ohio that was selling kayaks. And, you know, I gave them 120 bucks and never got it back. So then there was, we had a high school classmate that put on like social media or whatnot that said, if I don't get 150 bucks or something like that, I'm going to lose my hotel room and then my kids, my three kids, I'm going to lose it all. And I was like, oh, and so I like went out Western, you didn't hear 150 bucks. And then like super quick, like I was like, I got to help this woman right now, right now tonight and everything. And I went out and did that. And then like two days later, I was like, checked her social media again and she was fine and hardly i don't oh. think i got thanked anything so that but. makes that makes me sad you're <laughs> you're such a good person and fuck <laughs> fuck whoever that was that you're gonna tell me about when we stop recording but <laughs> but yeah that's that's shitty it does tar- that, that those types of scams and you know the 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 predatory stuff that we saw in this movie definitely targets a certain group of people who we say you know it's like usually they target older people but it's not necessarily that it's people who are trusting 
right? It's people who, you know, give the benefit of the doubt. It's people who, like, if uh, uh, a homeless person came up and said, hey, you know, I'm really, really struggling. Could I just borrow a few bucks? Like, it's it's people who, I don't know, would not look the other way. And that's that makes it feel even shittier. I think. So let's get back to how we open the show with oh yeah, my eight word nonsense sentence. I'm going to say it again. Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. Now the trick to this is those three different definitions. Okay. I'm going to break the sentence down into three parts. So the first part is Buffalo, Buffalo, meaning the animal Buffalo who are from the town of Buffalo. Okay. Okay. So, the second part of the sentence is buffalo, buffalo, buffalo. So, it helps to imagine the capital letters. In this in this sentence, this group of three words, the middle one is capitalized. So, this part of the phrase means they bully other buffaloes from buffalo, okay? And then, the last part is pretty similar. So, it's buffalo, buffalo, that buffalo, 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 also buffalo, buffalo, buffalo. You have to kind of add in a that and an also to make it to make it make sense. And it took me legitimately when I first heard that, it probably took me a week of like it was like um a beautiful mind shit, like goodwill hunting equation on the chalkboard, like trying to figure this out. But it's I think there's actually a, a Wikipedia entry for it too. But I'll say it one more time. Buffalo, buffalo, that buffalo, 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 also buffalo, buffalo, buffalo. So there the, imagine this big incestuous bullying ring of buffalo in the town of Buffalo. So now I'll do it again and I'll change the word buffalo to bison, okay? (laughs) Buffalo bison, that bully buffalo bison, also bully buffalo bison. So it's this big circular sentence that as you, and I don't know, maybe I'm I'm just, maybe this is just early, I don't even know what I was going to say, but sometimes (laughs) I'll say it in my head and the fact that I can get my way through it and like, make sense of it and visualize it, it's calming. Nice. It's like Wichita, as Wichita Falls, so falls Wichita Falls. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's, yeah. Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. The pauses help too in the inflections, I think. So, I can just imagine Rudy looking at this or listening to this being like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Let's do our five questions. So, oh, yeah. this, this is something that we kind of adopted two or three episodes ago. And the way it works is I'm going to Google buffaloed. And on Google, there are five questions that pop up when you when you Google something. So, Spro's going to try his best to answer these. You ready? Yep. First question, is buffaloed based on a true story? Not really, but it's got true elements to it. Okay. So, realistic fiction, would we call that maybe? Yeah. Okay. Informative is, something. Is Buffalo a good movie? Yes. That's why we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay, here's a good one. Was Buffalo filmed in Buffalo? Certain parts were, like some outside shots, but mainly I think it was filmed in Toronto, Ontario. Yeah. You're right. Toronto. Did you know that? Did you know I was going to ask you that and you looked it up before? No, I I stumbled upon it somewhere because that was also one of the main critiques when people are like, there was the people that were like, well, they just talk too much about Buffalo. People outside of Buffalo said there was too much Buffalo talk in the movie and people inside Buffalo went, it looked nothing like our city because they filmed it in Toronto, you know? So it's that. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, the best one of those is Rumble in the Bronx because... (laughs) 
don't know if you've ever been to the Bronx. I lived in Queens for two years, so going to the Bronx was not uncommon. And contrary to the opening shots of Rumble in the Bronx, which was filmed in Vancouver, there are no snow-covered mountains in, in, in the Bronx. I was so bummed to see that after growing up with Rumble in the Bronx. When I went up there for the first time, took the train up, I was like, I can't wait to see the snow-covered peaks of the Bronx. It's like, no. All right, two more questions. What streaming service has buffaloed? Hulu. Very good. And the last one. This is a good one. Why is it called buffaloed? Because people are getting bullied into paying their debt. Very good. I'm going to read this. The expression to have someone buffaloed came into use at the end of the 1800s and most probably evolved from a practice that came into use in the 1860s and 1870s known as buffaloing. At that time, the verb to buffalo meant to knock someone in the head with the butt of a pistol. I didn't know that. I wonder why buffalo is called buffalo. The town? The city? Yeah. We could look that up. Let's just get as informative as shit as we can. All right. Yeah. Why is it? <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. What, maybe it was- We know why Cleveland. Cleveland was founded by Moses Cleveland. Took its name from Buffalo Creek, now called the Buffalo River. So, I mean, <laughs> buffalo go way back. They're kind of like the- <laughs> They're kind of like the OG mammals of, of North America, right? I would guess that's probably a Native American thing. Um, but good good question. Buffalo, yep. buffalo. So, buffaloed on Hulu. Final thoughts. Anything Zoe Deutsch, which I don't even know if I'm pronouncing her name right. We have a real um, anything, problem with that on this show. Yeah, anything Zoe is in, I think go see. I think she is charming as all hell when she is on screen in any movie that she does. Um, and this one, if you enjoyed movies like Boiler Room, even Wolf of Wall Street, Wall Street, I would throw in the big short, anything that like, mm-hmm. is talking about money and how scams are happening in America. I mean, the last bit in the whole movie is saying that seven po- or American households are holding $7.1 trillion in debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and despite like our politicians trying to regulate everything, nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is one of those movies that show kind of like a- entertainingly show a problem that we're currently having. And hopefully, you know, we'll someday correct. Are you okay over there? I heard a thought. Yeah, I just hit my knuckle oh, on the right. desk. I, I'm getting, I'm getting emphatic right now. All right, yeah, you're, you're really <laughs> pounding it out. Um, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't what, sound right. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. All right, what I was going to say is that the what you just described, the word I would use is accessible because I remember the first time I saw Boiler Room. It was more like an event than me actually like understanding what happened in the movie. Probably took me two or three times to figure out what bridge financing and rips and all that stuff. Same thing with Wall Street. Didn't really understand what shorting stock was, but you know, came to love the movie and all that. This movie, it's full of so many common folk, I guess. There's no Gordon Gecko. There's no Michael Brantley. There's no Ferraris. There's nothing like that. It's just a very grounded look at this financial institution that probably not a lot of people understand how it even works. They just know that it's there and they know that it's bad. And they're right. This is a good look at it in a um, a palatable way, I think. I mean, it almost affects all of us because not a oh, whole absolutely lot of people does. do not carry debt. No, one, whether or not it's your debt or like secondary debt of a spouse or something like that. Like they even talked about like tertiary debt for like great, great grandchildren and all that shit. Like yeah, it's- Debt doesn't die. That was the big thing throughout the movie. Debt doesn't die. So, so we are in debt to you, 
the listener. And and that's a debt that we can never repay because we appreciate you so much. And uh, Spro, unless you have nothing else, I think we can we can we can let this listener hang up the call. All right, sounds good. All right, so thank you for listening to uh, this episode of Second Chance Cinema. Be sure to check us out and uh, hit us up with recommendations, critiques, uh, likes, dislike, or just say hi. We love that too, right? Yep, absolutely. And we will catch you next time here on Second Chance Cinema. How you feel about me now? Got my emotions running wild. And now you're asking yourself how. Don't contradict me when I ask you to decide Don't choose whether to stay or go I ain't here to set nobody free How you feel about me now? Thank you for listening to this episode of Second Chance Cinema. If you have any comments, questions, corrections, or would like to recommend a movie for a future show, you can reach us at secondchancecinema at gmail.com. That's 2ndchancecinema at gmail.com. We have a Second Chance Cinema Facebook group. You can find us on Twitter at MCNSpro or check us out on Instagram at 2ndchancecinema. To help our little show out, please tell your friends about us. Leave a review wherever you listen and be sure to subscribe and download each episode you listen to as those simple steps makes us much more visible in the universe, which makes these fine secret cinematic masterpieces more visible and isn't that really the whole point now go on and have a beautiful day you wonderful person you and if it's not a beautiful day outside stay in and rediscover a gem from the past no it won't work but you can go right ahead just scream and shout that Thai massages had happy endings. I was just wondering where mine was. (laughs) 